Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, Dale was saying, do we have anything to share? Uh, I really feel that the Lord is really trying to get me to live a life of faith. To look at, look at him as the backdrop of everything that happens in my life. And to be able, as, as I put whatever, whether good or bad, if I put that situation here and then see God behind it all, rather than putting it right up to my face, that situation, so I can't see anything else but the situation. And the Lord has spoken to me about that many, many times in the past. But I continually put it right in my face. And I can't see anything but the situation that I'm in. And I'm in desperation. I'm in doubt. I'm in fear. And God's teaching me. I'm not learning all that well. But God's been teaching me, John, I have to repeat it again. See me as a backdrop of everything that is happening. I'm a big God. I am able. I know what you're going through. I know what you're facing. But I'm here. I'll get you through. Have faith. Believe. Trust in me. So when I hear the news that Larry has been taken into the hospital with cancer, what am I to do with that? Just what I said. God saying, John, put that situation and have me as the backdrop of that situation. But you know what I did? <coughs> there it goes. He's going to die of cancer. Isn't that the natural reaction that we have to the things that happen in our lives? <coughs> oh no, there's no hope. God said, there is hope. There is hope. There are people that need the Lord in this area. And God has brought people like Larry and yourselves and others to hear for him to glorify himself through us in order to minister to the people around us. Can they see the God in us? Can they see the hope that we have? 
Or do they see the fear? Oh, he's going to die of cancer. There's no hope. There is hope. God is alive and well. And he wants us to be able to come to him and say, God, what do you have in store for Larry? May he be a lightning rod for you to use to glorify your name in this community. There's more for Larry to do. For me to live is Christ. For me to die is gain. But as Paul said, he felt he was dying. He said, but I believe God has given me more. And he lived and brought, God used him to bring many into the kingdom. Ah, oh, Larry, you're in God's hands. You ask us, like even as I was saying last week, when the snakes, because of the complaints of the people of Israel, when the snakes were sent by God to bite them and they were dying, and then they cried out to God and they, well, cried out to Moses who they were rebelling against. And they said, Moses, help. Well, Moses could have said, forget you. Look at the way you're treating me. Look at the way you're treating me. I'm not going to help you. No. He cried out to God on their behalf. And God told him to make a pole and put a brass serpent on that pole. And if the people who were bitten by the snakes would look up at that brass serpent, they would be saved. Their, the poison in their body would be taken away. Did they listen to what Moses said? What option do you have? You've been bitten by a snake. This is what God told Moses to tell them. And those that looked up to that brass serpent were healed. Physically. And spiritually because they believed what Moses had said that God had told them to say to them. Jesus, he was high and lifted up on the cross. God sent his son so that if we look to him, our sins will be forgiven. And we can live with God looking down at us as though we have never sinned because Christ died for you and me. But we have sinned. Yes, we have sinned. But Christ paid the penalty. And as we look up to him and believe that that's what he died for, so that our sins would be forgiven, so that we could live in faith, not in fear.
And I really believe that just as in the Old Testament, they not only had spiritual healing because they believed that if you look up, you will be saved physically. They will have physical healing as well. As we look up to God, as Larry looks up to Christ, and as we bring people to Christ, when we see these events take place in our lives, and we point them to Christ, we will see spiritual and physical healing in our lives, in our bodies, in our community. What are people seeing? That's what God's been speaking to me about lately. Oh God, I want to live a life of faith. So that my family, that my kids could see the life of faith that I'm living and want to live it themselves. Are we going to have difficult times? Yes, we are. But those difficult times point us to God. Let us rejoice in the great God and powerful God that we have. My message this morning is entitled, God is Faithful. God is true to his word. Listen to these words that God spoke to Abraham. God asked Abraham to leave his land, his father's land. He didn't tell him where he was going, but he said, leave. And Abraham left, not knowing where God was leading him. And in that journey, these are some of the words that we hear God speaking to Abraham. The Lord said to Abram, this was before he was named Abraham, to your descendants I give this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates River, the land of the Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Cadmonites, the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Canaanites, and the, all of this land, this land that you are walking upon right now, I am going to give it to you and your descendants. Unbelievable. And then in Genesis, that was Genesis uh, chapter 15. In Genesis 15, 17, it says, God said to Abraham, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many 
nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make many nations of you, and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and your descendants after you for the generations to come. And to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan, where you are now alien, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be your God. A covenant that God made with Abraham. Genesis chapter 26. This is what God said to Abraham's son, Isaac. Isaac, stay in this land for a while, and I will be with you and will bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give all these lands and confirm the oath that I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and will give them all these lands. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. Through Isaac, your offspring, through Abraham, your offspring, all these nations on earth will be blessed. That's part of the purpose of the covenant is for us God's chosen people to bless the nations around as they see how faithful our God is in the lives that we live. Go to Genesis 28. These are the words that God said to Isaac's son, Jacob. He had lied down for the night and had a rug as a pillow. And he had a dream of angels ascending and descending into heaven on a ladder, on a staircase. There, above the stairway, leading to heaven, stood the Lord, and he said to Jacob, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west, to the west, to the east, to the north, and to the south. All the people will be blessed through your offspring. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
God spoke. God was real. And he spoke those words to these men, these patriarchs of the nation of Israel. To pass it down to their gen from generation to generation. I am going to bless you. And I am going to bless the nations through you. Skip to Exodus 3. The burning bush experience. God appeared to Moses in a bush that was on fire. But the fire did not burn the bush. So he went to see what was happening. And God said to him, take off your sandals for the place you are standing is holy ground. I am the God of your father. I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. I have seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cry. I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a great and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Jebusites. And haven't we heard that before? Moses as he spoke from the bush, I am sending you to bring the Israelites out of Egypt. I will be with you. Is God a big God? Were the Israelites in trouble? Oh, we're just going to die here. God is faithful. Faithful to his word. Then we go to the book of Joshua. Moses had died. He could see the land that God had promised, but he could not enter the land. Joshua became the new leader. And God said to Joshua, be strong and courageous, Joshua, for you will lead my people to possess the land. I swore to give their ancestors. Who are their ancestors? Abraham, we just heard about it. Isaac, Jacob, Joshua, for you I will lead my people to possess that land. Be strong. Be courageous. I, the God 
of Israel. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are with you as you lead them across. Get ready. Joshua 1.11. In three days you will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land the Lord your God has promised you. That is what Joshua said to the people. In three days, get ready. It's coming. That which was spoken long ago is going to be fulfilled with you. Finally, the day of entry is right at hand. How do you think they felt? They could look across the river. They could see the land that they're about to enter. They're told that in three days you're going to enter it. How would you feel? Put yourself in their position. How would you feel? You're an Israelite. You know the patriarchs and the promises that God made to the patriarchs of Israel. And now the time has come. And then he said to the people in Joshua 3.3, 3, when you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, follow them. They will guide you. Stay a half mile behind them, though. So when you see the Levitical priests, this is the time when they take up the Ark and they begin to walk, you walk behind. That's the time it's going to happen. <clears throat> you know something? The entrance into the promised land was as spectacular as the exit out of Egypt. It was flood season. The waters were high. Which made it that much more impossible for them to think that they could get across on their own. They couldn't do it in their own strength. Look at all of them. And the priests went step by step with the Ark of the Covenant. And they stepped into the water. And as they stepped into the water, the moment they stepped into the water, not before, but the moment they stepped into the water, the waters built up. The waters that were running towards them, instead of rushing them down the river to die in the Dead Sea, the waters built up like a wall and stopped. And the waters on the other side continued to flow down, and there was dry ground. And they went 
priests and the ark went into the middle of the river. And there they stood on dry ground. And the people of Israel walked past them. Until they all passed. And then Joshua chose one member of each tribe to go and take a boulder, a rock, from where the priests were standing in the middle of the river, to take that boulder, that rock, put it upon their shoulders, and take it to the place where they were going to camp that night in the promised land. And after they had all picked up their boulders and had gone to the, to the land, and all the people had all gotten up out of the dry ground valley, the Levite and took the ark, walked out, and the waters began to flow again to the Dead Sea. You know what those rocks were for? As a memorial to the people for generations to come, as Joshua put those 12 rocks together to form a memorial for the people to remind themselves of the fact that God delivered them and brought them into the promised land on dry ground. And it says in the Bible, it's there until this day. God wants us to be reminded of his faithfulness. Don't give up on God, no matter what situation you face. Larry, don't give up on God. He's got great things for you. He's got great things for you and me. I want us for a moment to bow our heads. And I don't want us to think and reflect on this past year. How has God been faithful to you? How has God been faithful to you from October Thanksgiving of 2019 to Thanksgiving of 2020? And let God speak. Let's pray. Just listen. Listen to what he's saying to you. Remember. Reflect.
I'd love to be able to give you 10 minutes, 15 minutes. For you to be alone with God in silence. And maybe that's something that you could do this week. God wants to speak to us. This moment that I've given you today is just the beginning of something that he wants to remind you of. Is there anything that the Lord spoke to you already in just this short time as to his faithfulness to you this year? Maybe through events that have taken place in your life during this past year that he reminded you I have been faithful. If you feel comfortable to share that, that would be great. If not, maybe you could share it with someone after. I just heard um, the part of the hymn that we were singing, Great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning new mercies I see. And I think it was kind of like what you were talking about, the backdrop just God's there and there's just so many blessings and mercies that we don't even realize we have and some we may may not even receive because we don't believe that they're there and so they're never lived out they're never experienced in our lives we deprive ourselves of blessings that God has for us Anything else? I had the privilege of being able to visit my dad last November for Remembrance Day in Ontario. And Timmy and I, since we've moved here, have tried to get to Ontario quite often in order to be able to spend time with him. And uh, because he's getting in his 90s, and uh, so, so we, twice a year, would get there. And uh, it's a long drive, but it's worth it. And I remember him coming up to me, and instead of throwing his arms around me and saying, I've never, I've, uh, I haven't seen you for a long time. It's so great to see you. He'd say to me, you're overweight. <laughs> He always said that. And I would always look at my mom, and she had passed away a couple years ago, so I can't look at her anymore, but I'd always say, why? Why is he like that? Because those words just really did not speak blessing to me. It was more like a curse. But then, as I was leaving, after the visit, he ended up saying, John, you need to lose 30 pounds. And I thought, oh man, not only is he telling me that I'm overweight, but he's telling me how much I need to lose. 
<laughs> he died in February. And we got to go to his funeral. Probably one of the last funerals that people were allowed to go to before the COVID hit. Because gatherings are no longer allowed for people who die uh, for funerals. So that people can't come together and be an encouragement to one another. But there was no COVID at that time. It was just a couple weeks before. My son came all the way from England with his wife. My daughter and her husband flew in from Saskatchewan. We had cousins that came up from North Carolina. There were friends from Hamilton area where we grew up. And what a, what a time of celebration. And I just thank God for that because of the fact that now we wouldn't have been able to do that. Maybe a couple of us would, but really it would have been very difficult. It's very difficult to do that now. So God knew. And we're just thankful as family that we had that time of encouragement together. And then I began to think, instead of looking so negatively on what my, parent, my father had said to me, which I had done for many years, because that's what he was continually saying to me. The Lord began to work. Why did he have to work, begin to work after my dad died? Why couldn't he have worked before? Because I didn't allow him to work before. I was just so upset with him. And we never got very close, probably, as close as we could have gotten because of that. But I just started saying to myself, God, Why didn't I get close to Dad? And I began to think, oh, because of weight. Oh, because of this. Oh, because of that. And I thought, oh, Lord. I allowed those things to deprive me of having a close relationship with my dad. If I had to just let that go and just realize that was him, Maybe said something, but then drop it. Instead of carrying it around with me and react to him as a result of those words, things might have been a lot better. And then the Lord began to say, do you think there's any value to the words that he spoke? Do you think he maybe had your personal welfare in mind? That it was more than just an aesthetic thing that you would look better? You've got two young children. You're not very young anymore. Do you want to be around for them? And I finally took the words he had spoken, which I thought were words of cursing, and began to see them as words of blessing. That started even before he died. In January, I started to try to lose weight again for him. But then when he died, I began to realize, I wish I had done some things differently. Like, you know, I wish, Dad, yeah, maybe the words you spoke were blessings, words of blessing. And I kept ahead of it and kept at it. 
and I've lost 35 pounds. And I feel much better because of it. I just wished when I feel the way I do, just physically, I just wish that I had been able to respond differently to them over the last 20 years of my life or more. And that we would have had a better, we had an all right relationship. There was, maybe I don't want you to get the impression that I had a horrible relationship with him. I had a good relationship, but it could have been so much better. Are we offended by what people say? And as a result of being offended by what people say, we just push them off. Don't want to get close. We all say some things that maybe we shouldn't say. Maybe people take them wrong, the words that we've said. But I think what God's saying to me is, John, encourage people to not be so sensitive and try to believe that God is working through everything for his purposes, to work out his purposes and his plans. They made a memorial that day, the Israelites, to a God who is faithful and is true to his word. He's the same today. Keep God as a backdrop of everything that happens in your life. Let's pray. Oh God, thank you for your faithfulness. Even though we may not be all that faithful to you, may you continue to be faithful to us. And as we see your faithfulness to us, may it draw us to be more faithful to you. Lord, may we live lives of faith and not of fear. May we see you as the backdrop of everything that takes place. And as we do, may we have hope for today and the future. Not only for ourselves, but for others. Because as people see the hope in us, they will walk toward that hope. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.